You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2007 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. I'm really excited to introduce to you my dear friend, Kristen Snow. She's going to offer the message. Kristen is an environmental activist. She's an artist. She works at the thrift store, too. So I've been blessed by her friendship and her wisdom. She's a good theologian as well. So she's going to offer us some words. So please welcome her. And then when the opportunity comes, prepare to offer, prepare to offer some words back to her so we can have some dialogue too. Here's Kristen. Thanks, Johnny. I got it. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that this works. I don't know if it does. It's really good to be here with you. Um, got it? Great. Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, so good to be with, here with you. I haven't spoken in front of people in a long time, so I'm feeling a little bit nervous, but that's okay, because I trust all of you, which is great. Um, okay, so today is Father's Day. It's Juneteenth. So amazing. Lots of celebration. Also in that, there is grief for like the history of our country, and maybe you have um, a troubled relationship with your father or the idea of fatherhood. Um, and as I was considering the lectionary options for this week and what did I want to talk about, I ended up um, landing on grief. So we're going to talk about grief today for a few, for 20 minutes or so. We're going to focus on that, and then after that, we'll leave and continue on celebrating or whatever. Um, My other option for the lectionary was also the story where Jesus casts the legion of demons out of the man into the pigs, and then they all drown in the ocean. So I was like, I'm going to pick Psalm 42 and 43 to tackle this week instead of that can of worms. Um, Okay, so we're going to start with reading the psalm from today's lectionary, which is Psalm 42 and 43. I'm going to read it slowly, and while I read, um, try to listen to what Um, shimmers in you or what moves in you or something that um, may come out of the text. I do really want to engage in some dialogue when I'm done talking, so introverts, prepare yourselves. People that don't like speaking in public, it's okay. We're just all in a room, and I want to hear from you. Okay, Psalm 42 and 43. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I went with the throng and led them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the thunder of your cataracts. All your waves and your billows have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. 
I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I walk about mournfully because the enemy oppresses me? As with a deadly wound in my body, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me continually, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my God and my help. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From those who are deceitful and unjust, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you cast me out? Why must I walk about mournfully because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send out your light and your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God of my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the harp, O oh God, my God. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. It's a lot. Sorry, I didn't change the... Oh, somebody did for me. Great. I'll go back to that. Um, One thing that stands out to me is the cyclical nature of the psalmist's laments and self of um, lament and self encouragement. They go back and forth in poetic paradox, despairing for the God that has abandoned, and then switching to hopeful utterances that God is with them. It feels so deeply human to me. The paradox, the back and forth, the questioning, the longing, deep longing to be connected to something greater to some power that can help us make sense of our pains and the pains of the world around us. I hear the question, where is your God in the present day world? That's a pretty good question for Christians, especially with the belief system that God punishes the evil and rewards the good. I personally left that belief behind a long time ago, but I certainly still grapple with these last years over what it means to believe in God in particular the Christian God and in Jesus. I'm certainly not saying that no good things have happened in recent years. I see how things like police brutality, inequality, racism, discrimination, white supremacy, ableism, homophobia, and bigotry have become a more common topic in the country. These are not hidden evils, they're out and and are being talked about. And this is because of the people of color, black folks and indigenous folks who have worked so, so hard and sacrificed so much to be seen and known. So I'm certainly celebrating those progresses in the midst of the chaos that we're living in right now. It is an encouragement to me to see the resiliency of justice and how we collectively are fighting for that justice. Back to the Psalm, I also find encouragement to keep unfolding what I believe God to be and what I learned from others about God, particularly my friends who are striving to make our lives, communities, neighborhoods, and world a more just, safe and equitable place for all. I really do think the psalm is displaying a strong faith in God and also a healthy amount of questioning of who God is, um, what God's character is, and how we live in a world so deeply full of grief and reconcile our faith to that. The person who wrote this psalm is clearly suffering and moving through that suffering, much like many of us are today, in the midst of trauma, violence, death, climate catastrophe, racialized harm and oppression, harm caused to queer folks, financial insecurity, the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, I read a book in 2020 called Holy Resilience, The Bible's Traumatic Origins, and I wanted to share a quote 
from the beginning of the book with you. It's up here as well. The Bibles, both of Judaism and Christianity, are a written deposit of centuries of survival of suffering, communal resilience, where the myths of other nations focused on triumph and death with them, and died with them. The Bible speaks of survival of total catastrophe. Other scriptures picture God who, gods who sponsored empires with their domination of others. The Jewish and Christian scriptures envision a God who brought suffering on God's own people and yet carried them through it. The contemporary cultural scene seems to favor politicians and religious leaders who affirm their constituents and their lives without much question. The scriptures of Judaism and Christianity offer pictures of a God who is still present when life shatters into pieces. Life can shatter us into pieces. That, I suggest, is a big reason why we still have the Jewish and Christian Bibles with us now. David Carr. The God that I'm forming in my own way is the one that is connected to these stories. And I think this quote from David is interesting. A God who is with us in our grief and trauma. I'm not at the point of understanding a God who could cause it and also be the redeemer, but I'm open to that point and others, and I'm curious about how that gives them strength. In some ways, it seems paradoxical to me, but like I said earlier, humanity itself is paradoxical. Um, we grow strong and connected in times of grief is what I've been learning. I want to share a personal story from uh, 2021. Sorry, 2021 was a really rough year. I think many of us can agree on that. For me, honestly, 2021 felt harder than 2020, which is saying something because 2020 was extremely intense. In the second half of 2021, my grandmother had heart failure and almost died, and my aunt got diagnosed with a rare form of ovarian cancer. I might get a little bit emotional in this part. Just warning you, I will be fine, but thinking about it is um, a lot. My husband Greg and I had a significant and deeply hurtful conflict with a family member that caused a lot of strife and confusion and anger and grief. Um, I was really struggling with body regulation um, I was feeling panicky, having chest tightness, difficulty breathing, sleeping poorly, getting dizzy, um, very much not feeling in control of my body. So I went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with PTSD and I got an, an, an anti-anxiety medication, which has been helpful. Um, can I have my water? Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, so all of that, along with uh, many of my friends having crises of their own. It's like, what are we going to do? How are we going to get through this together? Um, one particular moment that stands out in the midst of that chaotic storm, some very close friends of ours had a miscarriage and had to deal with some intense complications as a result of that. Um, and it was devastating and scary. And there was, there was weariness, numbness, pain, and grief. We were all so worn thin that it felt like we, all we could do was sit in our living rooms together. We cried together. We fed each other. We sat. We processed. I forgot that. I think of water and grief a lot connected, so I want to have that picture behind me. Um, we cried together. We fed each other. We sat. We processed when I think about that time, what becomes illuminated is the care and the connection. 
I see God there. I see the way, um, the way I see God in that moment is the community, the thread that drew us together. We couldn't be alone. We weren't alone. We were not isolated in our grief. We were pulled together. And even though they were dark days, we were able to hold each other. I've seen God in grief these last years. I've encountered God's presence in the place where I was left without words of comfort. When I was sitting in a room with my beloveds, all of us full to the brim with our sorrow and pain, that specific kind of aliveness that can only come when you are sharing with people in the wake of tragedy. I see God's energy and that kind of survival and experience. Deep calls to deep. So that is what I'm holding today. And most days in these times with the shootings and the death and the chaos of climate catastrophe and the sense that we are hurtling toward destruction, I'm holding open-palmed and curious the question that God is with us, that God is in the grief. Grief is so deeply a part of being alive And I think I and we need to get more accustomed to what it means to sit with grief, to connect that with our spirituality, not in a self-flagellating way, like life is pain and we need to enjoy the pain or something, but more in a watery way, a flowing way, a way of greeting the now forever flowing river of grief that we will walk beside with acceptance. I'm not sure if that makes a whole lot of sense because I'm still working out how I think about it myself. Um, So I drew this quote from one of my uh, favorite activists and writers, Adrienne Marie Brown, to help us out. She writes um, on an article in response to mass shootings. Um, This palpable, active, ongoing grief is a non-negotiable part of this period of immense change. Grief is one of the most beautiful and difficult ways we love. As we grieve, we feel our humanity and connect to each other. This is what I felt in the dark times of fall 2021. And adding to it, I think God is in that with us. I think God is with us in that change, in the grief, in the struggle and our resiliency. Going back to the quote um, by Carr, I think we have developed some intense and gritty resiliency. I know that, I know I have. We as a church have really gone through it. We've looked at the center, the heart of the church and labored to change. Many of you have been vulnerable with your hearts, with your experiences of harm, with your life, with, about your life within the church to make this happen. It is painful work. And the process has changed us. We're not at the end of the road, if we ever could be, but I wanted to honor that. While also speaking to the resiliency, wisdom, and grit that comes from deep labor. Our biblical texts are ones of trauma and grief and resiliency. So we have an opportunity to look at these texts and the interpretations that come through liberation theology, womanist theology, and queer theology to help us along the way. These ways of looking at the Bible understand the grief within the text because these folks are engaged in this kind of interpretation, that are engaged in this kind of interpretation, know what oppression feels like. They're black, brown, queer. They know harm, trauma, and grief. So that is my encouragement to myself and to all of us is to keep digging through the great wealth of knowledge that we have from our spiritual ancestors. 
and those alive right now who are writing in those ways. Um, I'm gonna read this Psalm one more time and then I'm gonna ask you some questions um, about how grief shows up for you, how you think about grief, um, how does it show up in your body, how do you not, how do you like do that in community? Um, I really appreciate this Bell Hooks quote that says, rarely if ever are any of us healed in isolation. Healing is an act of communion. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I went through the throng, with the throng and led them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help, and my God. My soul is cast down within me, but therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the thunder of your cataracts. All your waves and your billows have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I walk about mournfully because the enemy oppresses me? As with a deadly wound in my body, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me continually, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people from those who are deceitful and unjust. Deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you cast me off? Why must I walk about mournfully because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy. I will praise you with the harp, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help, and my God. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.